Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to focus attention on a country where a returned Peace Corps volunteer served several decades ago, and that is Guatemala. My guest today is an expert on Guatemala and on the U.S. Peace Corps. My guest today is Mark Walker. Mark is a returned U.S. Peace Corps volunteer from Guatemala. He is an award-winning writer, and he is the president of Million Mile Walker. His forthcoming book is titled The Guatemala Reader, Extraordinary Lives and Amazing Stories. Prior to that book, he wrote My Saddest Pleasures, 50 Years on the Road. Mark Walker, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thanks, Bill. It's great to be back. I appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. Glad to have you back. We're going to get into your new book, your forthcoming book, but just kind of give us a little overview of the one, My Saddest Pleasures, 80 Years on the Road, and how it ties in to what we're going to be talking about. Right. The saddest, my saddest pleasures, it, it was uh, actually part of our my yin and yang of travel series. And it really highlights the miscues and misadventures that, that are inevitable in travel, especially when you're in far off places and what we learn from those uh, from those errors and those problems. So it really is a focus uh, on, on travel and difficult parts of the world and the things that we can learn. And as you know, it was recently named the best uh, travel book by the Peace Corps Writers Group. So that was quite an honor. It certainly was, most assuredly, yes. Well, why don't we move into, well, before we do, let's mention your website. And our viewers can go to www.millionmilewalker.com to get more information about everything we're talking about today. And, and a lot more, too, to be quite honest. So... Uh, they can check that out. But let's talk about your new book and the Guatemala Reader. What is that about? Well, the, the Guatemala Reader is uh, it's it's going to it, it's really the focus on uh, uh, stories uh, uh, that I've learned from different advocates and authors and poets and uh, and and filmmakers in Guatemala over the last fifty years. So this is not my story. This is their story. And it really focuses on the complexity, the diversity of Guatemala. I see. And you went to the Guatemala in the United States Peace Corps. You and I have a lot in common, and that's one thing. You're a former Peace Corps volunteer, SMI. I was in the Dominican Republic, not too far away from Guatemala, just across right. the Caribbean, so to speak. But the, the Peace Corps... I, is it fair to say that it changed your life completely and put you on a totally different trajectory from when you went into the Peace Corps? Yeah, well, I, when I went in the, the Peace Corps, I could speak English and that was it. And, went, uh, and I'd never traveled outside of the country before. 
So yes, it had a tremendous impact. That, of course, was the focus of uh, my uh, the, the different latitudes. Uh, and you know, I met my Guatemalan wife of uh, 50 years. All three of our children were born there. I worked there for a number of different organizations over the years. After the Peace Corps, I worked as a consultant with CARE. I was assistant director for uh, Plan International and even helped set up a Guatemalan development agency called Fundaset. And then I went back years later and I worked with the Cooperative Housing Foundation. And then for about 15 years, I took donors, different people from different parts of the world to Guatemala. So uh, it uh, it's definitely my lodestar uh, and, and it really impacted me uh, to this very day. Should be a volunteer. Well, really, you should be an honorary citizen of Guatemala. You spend so much time there. That's remarkable. Now, a lot of people ask, and you may get the same question, where's the Peace Corps? Never hear about the Peace Corps. Well, the Peace Corps is alive and well. And if our viewers would like more information, then go to www.peacecorps.gov and take a look at what's going on as far as the Peace Corps providing assistance to people in economically developing countries. And the Peace Corps may be something that they may be interested in. That'll be up to them. But let's go back to your book and talk about, uh, well, first off, before we get into the substance, you could you show your cover on your phone? You've got a beautiful sure. cover. And, and why, that, while I'm doing that, let, let uh -huh. me mention that one of the chapters in the book is 60 years of the Peace Corps in Guatemala. And, oh, uh, really? Okay. Yes. And it, and it talks about uh, what, you know, the volunteers that started it way back in the, the late 60s up to today. Of course, uh, I interviewed volunteers after, you know, 2019-20 with COVID. And as you know, this was the only time in history where all the volunteers had to come home. So I interviewed them. How nice. did it impact them? How did it impact the communities that they lived in? So here's the here is the uh, okay. cover Could you of the new book. Pull that back just a little. Hey, perfect right there. Okay, tell us. It's got your name, Mark D. Walker, the Guatemala Reader. And yes. how did you pick that young lady, that uh, young girl, for your cover? Well, um, she, this young girl is from uh, Catalina Popolo in the lake of uh, Lake Atitlan, and uh, an author, a photographer friend of mine, uh, Clifford Nagel, took that picture. And he told me he was thrilled to see his picture on my book, although, of course, I had asked him ahead of time. But he said that uh, that uh, this little girl would be the first one to see the cover as soon as he got it, because he he lives fairly close to her community. So that's the person that did the book, that did the uh, photo. And then the background, that's the highlands of Guatemala up in an area called uh, Alaska. And uh, it's just sheep and uh, and a little bit of wheat. It's pretty uh, desolate country, but it is spectacular. And uh, this was taken by a, re a fellow returned Peace Corps volunteer, Jay Schuff. So they're the ones who provided the pho photography. And of course, I came up with uh, the title of uh, Extraordinary Lives. Very good. Well, let's talk about one of those extraordinary lives. Who who are you going to feature today? Well, there, there'll be three. There, there are three individuals that I wanted to talk about. One is Maria Martin. She is a Latino voice for NPR radio. You might have heard about her last week. Unfortunately, uh, she passed away just a week ago, and she was on NPR. They, they, her uh, 
you know, a, a discussion about her and her tremendous impact was on NPR quite a bit. She she is the one who set up Latino Voice, uh, and she spent a lot of her career uh, really bringing the voices of Latinos throughout the Americas. Um, she also set up her own media center, Gracias Vida, and she trained uh, journalists and 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 Mayan uh, radio announcers because the radio is very important in Guatemala, especially amongst the Mayans. Uh, in maintaining their culture and sharing information. So I met her at the Peace Corps Connect Conference in Austin, Texas. This is back in 2019. And I was there promoting another one of those extraordinary, oh, I should mention, Maria, I decided to uh, to write my book in honor of Maria Martin uh, because, of, because she's such a special person. And then I, I met her at the uh, Peace Corps Connect Conference. And there, uh, I, I, uh, there was a, another Mayan, another Guatemalan, who's another one of my extraordinary lives, Luis uh, Argueta. Luis was given, he's a filmmaker, he was given the Orden del Quetzal, which is the highest award that a civilian can receive. And his one of his first movies, El Silencio de uh, Beto, was the first Guatemalan movie to be nominated by uh, in the uh, Oscars. So he's a very special person. And I was involved in advocating for him to receive the uh, uh, the Wolford uh, uh, Global Citizenship Award. And he, he was given that award by Ken Lehman, who was the his teacher in Guatemala. Uh, so uh, both Luis and Maria were on a panel about cross-border uh, issues. Um, the other person I wanted to mention is Francisco Goldman. He, his mother was a Guatemalan Catholic, father a Jewish Russian, uh, and there's quite a mixture of cultures there. And uh, his writing reflects that. As a matter of fact, his last book was uh, uh, Monkey, Monkey Boy, uh, which really discusses what, you know, the different ways that you perceive things when you have different backgrounds, you speak different language. It's a it's a fabulous book. Well, one of his books, The Art of uh, Political Murder, uh, was about the killing of uh, the Bishop Girardi in uh, Guatemala by the military. He 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 researched the book seven years, and uh, it was picked up by HBO, and uh, it was nominated for an Emmy for uh, for best documentary. So those are a couple of the, the 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 people that inspired me and that have inspired so many others. Now the other part of the book was it's it's about stories, amazing stories. And here's one of those stories. This is there you go. In the kingdom of Mescal, uh, an uh, an adult Indian uh, tale. And uh, I picked this. I I found this book at home in Evergreen, Colorado, after my parents passed on. And I opened up the book, and there was an, a, 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 a little note from friends of my Guatemalan, German, Jewish friends of my wife, who had come to visit my parents. And they, were, and they wrote a little note in there thanking them for the book. Well, when I looked at the book initially, which has amazing uh, uh, pictures, and as a matter of fact, the uh, the Guatemalan uh, artist Dan Coos was the one that did them. 
But I mean, they're really exotic, spectacular. Uh, so I took it for granted. Well, this this must be this must be a Mayan stories because uh, Nancus was with, uh, part of the indigenous community that speaks Kikchi up in Kovan. Uh, uh, well, it ends up that the uh, the German father she was her mother was married to a German coffee grower. He went back to Germany. Then he sent his second wife to pick Nan up to get an education, you know, and saying, well, we want to take her over there to get an education. Well, they took her. She didn't return for 32 years, but she met a photographer. This photographer is an interesting guy, George Schaefer, because he was doing uh, experiments with psychedelics. That's why you get the kingdom of Moscow. And he shared his information with Albert uh, Einstein, among others. So this was some interesting stuff. So they got together and they worked on, and on their way to Guatemala, they met uh, met up with uh, uh, Miguel Angel Asturias, who is the Guatemalan author that won the Nobel Prize for Literature. And that's why Miguel Angel wrote the introduction to some of the editions of this book. And the stories were not Mayan inspired. I found out, I interviewed the, the Nancus's son. It ends up that they were inspired by the French classic, The Little Prince. And it really became the Bible or really the go-to book for all of the sort of hippie community in and around the lake. Now, let me just say one more thing about what's special about the book. I sent it to a couple of pretty well-known authors. One of them is Mark Jacobs, probably the most prolific returned Peace Corps volunteer author. He's had 180 of his uh, uh, his stories have been uh, published in different places. He was a volunteer in Paraguay. He was with the State Department in Bolivia, and he wrote the book uh, Stone, um, Stone Cowboy. This is what he said about the book. The author begins with a truth that all travelers will endorse. There is always one place, one culture and country that becomes your personal lodestar. The individual pieces are varied and the theme and approach is different in this book. The evocative illustrations are superb. Even the map is just right, identifying the numerous locales in which Walker was worked, lived and learned to appreciate the complex cultural reality of Guatemala. This book is good for everyone. So that'll give you an idea, some of the stories, some of the inspirational people that I highlight. And then the end of the book, I have a series of, of map, I have index graphs and some other things that we can discuss later on as well. Mark, you've proven that the literary world is truly interdependent and interconnected, and it draws upon the, the wealth in other parts of the world. Well, you're watching Global Connections Television, which is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest. We'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs. Also, if you're involved with a PBS or community access television station, or perhaps you're involved with an intra-campus television network, or you have a podcast, or you just have a computer, you like our shows, you would like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service to help us better understand international issues 
and how they impact our lives. Today, we're taking a look at Guatemala and the experiences, uh, very joyful experiences of a former Peace Corps volunteer in that country. Mark Walker, his forthcoming book is The Guatemala Reader, Extraordinary Lives and Amazing Stories. Mark, we're, we're, we're going to be fighting the clock here in about two seconds, I've got a feeling. But let me ask you this uh, before we get into uh, your book. What is the current status? What's the situation in Guatemala today? Guatemala, has it's a beautiful country, delightful people. It's had a history of dictators. It's had a history of uh, democracy at times. Uh, what is, uh, in a minute or so, what, what is the current status First off, uh, Ber uh, Alvaro Bernardo won in a landslide, the last presidential election. Unfortunately, the powers at will don't want him to take power. So they've done two things. First off, they tried to uh, disband his party, which was the seed party, Samia party. And secondly, now the, uh, the head prosecutor wants to take away his immunity, which means they can throw him in prison at any, any time. So what has been the response to this? First off, the U.S. recently uh, has uh, uh, sanctioned 100 members of Congress, all of whom were involved in corruption. That's why the people voted for this guy in the first place. Secondly, Barclay says that if they continue to interfere with the elections, they're going to get a tremendous backlash from the international community. That's already started. The president of Chile Spain, number of international groups have, have told them to get out of the way and allow this election to go through. And thirdly, according to Bloomberg, we just found out the bond market in Guatemala has tanked. So this is, this is the response to this sort of you know, negative situation. And then to, 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 to even beyond that, we have one of the most uh, renowned and respected editors of El, Period El, uh, El Periodico newspaper has been in jail for over a year now, uh, Ruben Zamoro. And uh, they came, the government came up with some trumped up uh, 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 money laundering uh, allegations and they threw him in jail. So he's still there. And several members of the, uh, the, uh, President-elect's party were also put in jail for up to 80 days. So this is the response. And, uh, you know, what's basically happened is that indigenous groups and leader, uh, labor leaders and students from all over the country have now emerged into Guatemala City, and they are protesting, and they continue to protest until uh, uh, Bernardo is allowed to take over as president. And we see that there is a trend going around the world right now. We see it in the United States. We see it elsewhere, that there is a trend towards autocrats, dictators, people who want to basically ignore the constitutions in the various countries and just arbitrarily arrest people just because they don't like them or they feel like they're unkind to them or whatever the case might be. But we see this in many countries, in many thriving democracies, which is a very worrisome concept, but that that leads me into another topic before we run out of time, and that is banning books. We've seen that in other parts of the world. Uh, it's very famous years ago during the Cold War in the uh, communists in the Iron Curtain countries and what have you. 
But we're seeing it now in a lot of these democracies. I mentioned it even in the United States. You're involved with a group called PEN. Uh, what exactly is that group and what are they doing to try to thwart this, what I call immoral, illegal book banning? You know, I was attracted to PEN America because they represent writers, authors, and publishers from all over the world. They have chapters all over the world. They recent op recently opened one here in Phoenix. We're dealing with some serious issues here. Uh, our legislature is among 27 states uh, that are they're passing a bill, in our case, Bill 700, to ban books. And uh, this has uh, impacted... Uh, close to 4,000 books have been banned in this country, according to Penn, and, uh, and 800, uh, 1,800 authors have been impacted. So that'll give you an idea of what the response is. Now, we have something special here in a situation, a special situation here in Arizona, and that is our supervisor of education is also trying to eliminate bilingual education. Now, mind you, we're on the Mexican border. Our, our, our major uh, economic partner is Mexico, and he wants to eliminate bilingual education. So, um, uh, you know, the, it, and really, as, as, a, as, a, as a parent, we want our children to know a few languages so that they make it in the world. Uh, my oldest daughter happens to be, uh, for the last uh, 15 years, she's been a simultaneous translator here in the Phoenix court system. So this is the type of thing we want to see. But what's happening instead is, you know, really classic books, Huckleberry Finn, among others, they're being banned. And it's one thing for a parent to say, no, uh, I don't want my child to, to read this. But when he tries to impose those values upon uh, the, the whole uh, education district, and then uh, there, we have a lot of uh, uh, harassment of our librarians, etc. Then it starts to get out of hand. It has a very, very uh, negative impact. So that's the situation here in in Arizona, and that will give you an idea of uh, of of what Penn does. Now, the the other interesting thing is that Penn America is establishing partnerships with different writing groups. I'm uh, a, a member of the Arizona Authors Association, and we're putting together a special event that highlights some of these issues and also how writer groups can can partner with Penn in order to to just uh, you know to combat this this negative uh, backward attitude about banning books and changing our educational curriculum. It's extremely dangerous. It's counterproductive. And it's unconstitutional in many, many areas, but we're seeing it. You're seeing it in Arizona, Florida, and many other states around the United States. And our viewers, if they would like more information on PEN America, they can go to www.pen.org. And they can also go to our website, uh, globalconnectionstelevision.com. Suzanne Nossel, who is the CEO of PEN America, was on the program about a year ago, I guess it's been. But she did an excellent job on laying out this issue. So I would encourage people to take a look at it. Well, Mark, we're just about out of time. But in the last minute, what did we forget to talk about that we need to talk about and to make sure we get it in before we run out of time? Thank you, Bill. Well, I just wanted to say that uh, I, I, one, one of the things I've decided to do because of the changes in in the uh, publishing industry, uh, which I actually talk about in a webinar uh, 
the trends in the publishing industry and how one travel writer develops his own author's platform, I write about what some of those trends are. You can find it uh, in my on my uh, uh, my website. Uh, but basically, I've been forced, just like a lot of smaller uh, uh, writers that have a smaller niche audience, to really move towards independent publishing. So this will be published through my Million Mile Walker uh, company, and I'll be using what we call a Kickstarter uh, crowd raiser to try to generate some funds from readers who get special, they have special incentives that I can offer. Uh, signed copies of the books, uh, certain books that'll have the colored photographs um, and a couple of other things to, to motivate people. And uh, this allows me to have direct sales to my readers and to have a relationship with my readers as well. So I'm excited about that. I hope to get it kicked off. Uh, the Kickstarter kicked off the beginning of next year and hopefully uh, the book will be out in uh, in March. And then just for the record, I do have one other book that I just finished, Moritz Thompson Reader, and that's that. That's another story, but it's a Return Peace Corps volunteer, probably the most renowned Return Peace Corps vi volunteer author who is in Ecuador, and I'm writing about his life and and uh, and other bringing bringing in other authors who are uh, who are like Paul Theroux among others who were motivated by Moritz Thompson. These are all very interesting and you brought us up to date on some really interesting concepts, but uh, there are two groups that we didn't have a chance to talk about that you and I have been involved with who have been very supportive of the Peace Corps and of well development projects in many areas of the world. One's Rotary International and our viewers can go to www.rotary.org to get more information on that, worked on the Partnering for Peace to promote former Peace Corps volunteers to go to visit with Rotary clubs around the world, well, in their areas, to see about uh, coordinating on projects. But we'll have to save those for another time and another place. But Mark Walker, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and very informative program. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, Bill. Thank you. Take care.